I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Mighty Main Street on KSL, the faces and places of Utah. This business show features interviews with our small business community that make us proud while driving our Utah job market. We're supported by Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. I have Lauren Mercer with me with Western Nut. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us on Mighty Main Street today. You were brought to us by Visit Salt Lake. They asked us to give you a call. And uh, I, it was so interesting. I went to the website, and, and I, I'm just going to admit this. My mouth was watering as I was reading up on your history and about Paul's world famous brittle and everything else that has uh, that is making Western Nut what it is today. So, Lauren, thank you for joining us on Mighty Main Street. You're welcome. Now, you're in partnership with your brother Lee and Darren uh, with Western Nut, and that was in uh, 2018 when that came together. When you all came together as partners, that is correct. I started here in 2007 working for Michael Place, who is my father-in-law. And then when he was ready to retire, he sold it to me and two of my brothers. Well, that's cool. You were in a good, the right place at the right time. I didn't realize that Western Nut started in 1966. Yes. Yes, there was an owner, Wellington McDonald, over on Pierpont Avenue. And then my father-in-law and his three partners at the time, he had three brothers-in-law. They purchased this property over here in 1984. And so they purchased all business in 1983. And so then they've been running it that long. So it's been a family business for a long time. Oh, I think that's wonderful. I love hearing that. And I love family business. And I think it's important as a community that we support our family businesses. You're at 434 South 3rd West. Right across from Pioneer Park. And the Pioneer Park is wonderful right now. I look out my window every day and there's dogs and there's people and they're just having a good time. It's wonderful what the city did to that. So that's where you do all your roasting and everything, correct? We do everything here. Then people know in the Christmas season we'll be in five different malls, the big malls along the Wasatch Front. And then we were also in some grocery stores. There's a small fixture and then our website. But 99% of it seems to be done right here on location. Yep. Well, that's what makes it so incredible. And it's a great location. I mean, it is so festive, especially during the holidays, but it's just a wonderful location. Everything's organized. You really get a feel for it. I didn't realize that Western Nut purchased Paul's Brittle. They did. What happened was the Paul's Famous Brittle was owned by a family. And in 2004, they were looking at the their books and they're like, it's time to retire. And Western Nut's our largest customer. And so they met with each other. That was three years before I started, so I didn't see it happen, but we came and moved all their kettles and all their other brittle-making equipment into our place, and we've been doing it just like they did it. Oh, gosh, that is incredible. I didn't realize that, and now I'm going to enjoy the brittle even more. Tell me about some of the shifts and changes, Lauren, that you and Lee and Darren had to make as business owners of Western Nut with our current situation. What changes and shifts did you make with with your team, with your staff, with uh, curbside, your customers? What changes did you make? Well, 
COVID wasn't in the plan when we bought the business, and so we were very <laughs> agile this past year. Uh, I guess a year ago today is when Rudy Gobert shut down the NBA. I shouldn't say he did, but COVID did. And so looking back, that kind of got the ball rolling in the whole state on what was going to happen. We've put in the barriers at the, the registers in our will call area. We tried to do the same thing at the kiosk, which was a little more difficult in the mall. Uh, but we had good success. We didn't have any of our mall employees get down and out to where it was impossible to run those locations. And here we had very good success as well, where we were shocked that we could get through the whole pandemic without having a massive hard time in the production area, because as you know, a lot of businesses did. So we were very fortunate that way. And I think our customers enjoyed that we did have curbside pickup. Our website said you could order online and just come in to a spot and then call the number or text the number and we'll come right out to your vehicle with the the items the the biggest thing that changed though was the movement went to shipping rather than people coming to the store so our store numbers were quite a bit lower but our website was up quite a bit and in the end our christmas was as good as the year before which shocked us I love hearing that, Lauren. That's such great news. Well, now, so what changes are you going to make from a business standpoint because of this? It sounds like your shipping has really picked up. So once the in-store picks up, do you really see shipping taking you guys up to another level? I do. We've actually seen our store has not gone back to pre-COVID levels. It's still down a substantial amount, and the website orders are coming in. Um, it's surprising. I, we're known as a Christmas business, really, to a lot of people. And so trying to stimulate the website more this time of year is a little bit tougher than it was at Christmas time. I just think that the community rallied around small businesses because we are a fairly small business. That we're very well-known small business, but in the end, it's a Christmas season, seasonal thing. And we did wonderful. We're so thankful to the the customers in Utah, but also um, nationally, we do have a web website that reaches out to everybody, and so we have a lot of items going out of state. Do you really? So people have discovered you, or they they live in Utah, they move, and then they take you with them? It could be that. We don't really do any national advertising, but we ship to every state. I think if I look through it, every state gets something every year, um, and that could be many people here, but I'm surprised how many people out of the state order and then send it to somebody that's in the state. So it's a combination of people that have just been through Utah. Well, you just have such wonderful products. I mean, Lauren, you really do. How many full-time employees do you have? How many people are you supporting? We have 17 employees, which is exactly what we had before COVID. I was very nervous when COVID hit, and without the PPP loan, we were going to shut down for about two months and see if we could ride it out. The PPP loan did exactly what it was supposed to. We used it to pay our employees, even though we didn't have a lot of business. We had some. We were back there cleaning the building like crazy. It looks it looked great after they were done cleaning. And then as uh, COVID got to where people were deciding to do things again and our customers, our wholesale customers, started buying, then we were able to ramp back up. We didn't lay anybody off. And then when Christmas happened, that really was the the thing to say, hey, 2021 should be fine. We we had a great Christmas. I'm glad to hear that, Lauren, and deservedly so. There is so much money coming in to support business. Not only did we have the first relief, but now uh, the $1.9 uh, And I know that Utah is going to get a big chunk of that. 
in fact, I was on a call with Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute, and it was just remarkable to hear the kind of support that the state's going to be receiving. So I hope, Lauren, that that, uh, that you and your brothers take part in any other support that you can possibly get, because you did exactly what they wanted you to do with the money, and I think that is so honorable. And uh, we need businesses like yours. I mean, small business creates jobs. You guys drive our economy. I mean, you're the reason that we're in business um, as a state. Uh, And so I love the word that you used earlier, and I haven't heard people use this. You hear pivot and shift. I love the word agile. What do you think that you and your team have learned from this that you just have taken with you? Besides your uh, orders online and everything else, how have you changed, do you think, you and your team? Well, in terms of agility, I'm glad that we're part of Visit Salt Lake and part of the Salt Lake Chamber because I watched probably 30 webinars on Zoom uh, during the pandemic trying to make sure that we did understand all the monies that were out there to keep small businesses going, and I gained valuable insight. We had Senator Romney and everybody on there that was back there actually making the deal, and they were telling us. It seemed like the parameters changed every day, but then we did solve it. Um, the state also had a, some grants from the CARES Act, and we picked up a large chunk from there as long as we passed on 50% of the discounts to our customers, which we did. We were aggressive in a free shipping campaign uh, to push that. As you know, it's hard to give free shipping away. Amazon makes it seem like anybody can do it, but we don't have that luxury of having a warehouse within 100 miles of every single person in the United States. So. It was very nice of the state to do that. We and so we really we took advantage of what the federal government and the state governments have done to help businesses. And so when I think of agility, I think we can be quick to move. We have very few of us that have to make decisions. Uh, there's just the three of us as owners, but then I, my small staff, like I said, 17 employees, we put it together very quickly and talk to them and tell them what we're going to do, and we can make actions very fast. Well, Lauren, congratulations to you and your brothers and to your wonderful team. You're formidable. I really respect you for that, and I cannot wait to come by. I I have been so focused on food. I need to come and see you guys uh, because if my my mouth was watering just going to the website. So I'm good. Yes. Do you want to get the website address so people know where to go? It's westernnut.com, but it's westernut.com, www.westernut.com. People, if you put two ends in, you'll get a company in California, and they grow almonds, but they're not like us. They're a big, huge farm corporation. So we uh, are westernut.com. Thank you so much, Lauren. All the best to you and Lee and Darren and to your success and your team. And uh, and here's to our recovery. We'll be the number one state coming out of this. And I can just feel it. I'm, I'm getting excited because I can just feel us turning the corner. I think everything that's happened, we've done a good job. But I, I really have to appreciate the customers of the state of Utah in particular. People were shopping local and thank the, the governments actually for all the support they did because we were we were quite nervous last year, and it's it's been amazing, the rally that we've had, and we feel great about where we're at. Good for you, and thank you for mentioning that about the state government because I couldn't agree with you more. All the best, Lauren. Thank you so much. Okay. Check out our interviews on the podcast page of kslnewsradio.com. I'm Chris Redgrave, host of Mighty Main Street. Stick around for more stories on KSL Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. 
But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.